so sick of the sweet sock. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Tea Time with Linz. Again, Poe the Passenger, thank you so much for your intro music. Alright, today's guest is the wonderful Gabby Centinelli. Gabby is an Oscar winning dialect coach for the short film Skin. She has just written a feature film. She is in a short film called Dog Lover, which is currently in the festival run. You can next see it at Newport Beach Film Festival on Monday, October 17th at 8pm. Gabby is also an insanely amazing singer and lived for 15 years in London where she won a Laurence Olivier Award. You name it, Gabby has fucking done it. Alright. Alright, we'll sit back with your lovely old grey tea and enjoy. Welcome to the show, Gabby. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, so first of all, congratulations on the short film that is at the festivals right now. That's really, really fun. We can circle back to that because I know you do want to speak about the feature film that you have just written. I ha- well, yeah. I mean... So first of all, what inspired you to write a feature film? I don't know. I have been writing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always um, a co-written project or I was adapting something that had been written before, like a play or a book. Uh, or I was helping people script doctor their mm-hmm. existing products or projects or creating a project for someone from their yeah. idea. So this is the first, so I've done a lot of different things. I've kind of created pilots and series and, you know, written those things. Yeah. But what I had never done was written my own piece that was purely me. And am I right in thinking that you based the lead character on yourself? Oh yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> you know that's how it should be. It's really pretty, pretty <laughs> transparent. Yeah, but no, that's really should. That's like they say, write what you know, and you know yourself best. So, what inspired you? Like, what was the thing that you were just like, I am going to write this um, about? Is it ex- like an experience that happened? What triggered it? Well, it's. I feel as if I am <laughs> speaking for a silenced demographic and that would be childless women i know so many people who could relate to that yep and we are not you know we live in a mom's world and i'm left-handed so i've always lived in a right-handed world Uh this is take take that sort of odd always being on the wrong side literally take that and and magnify it eight million times it's a sort of societal black hole there is literally no place for us and there there have been i haven't really done research on this although maybe that would be something to do um but there is a thornton wilder play i believe that actually delves into this in in quite a cruel way where there's a man who actually wants to do away with older women because they they have no place in society and they're just sucking up resources as far as i understand it that's the point of his play Mm -hmm. and so at every turn and, and and i'm speaking about women who wanted children 
not the ones who are very happily being the ants and the besties mm -hmm. and then go live their raucous, you know, single life well into their older years. Yeah. Talking about women who desperately wanted families and and for whatever reason it didn't happen. So that that is my situation, which I've never spoken about. And I think because it's such a it, it comes with so so much loaded baggage of shame and uh, no one talks about it. Yeah. It's so it's so uncomfortable. So you were just talking about a podcast that you're listening to that's funny and sad. This film is, I think, very, very funny. And it's also very, very sad. Yeah. But because it's me and I'm such a kook and a goop. <laughs> And my sensibility is very, I mean, it's kind of interesting what I feel the influences, my influences comedically are, mm -hmm. but I would say it's somewhere, it lives somewhere, it's sort of mean girls all grown up. So it's, but then the style is definitely a sort of, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll name one of the untouchables, uh, sort of a, a Woody Allen, Annie Hall style, mm -hmm. almost in a kind of a bridesmaid's wrapped up in a bridesmaid's bow with yeah. a skosh of promising young woman, a skosh. So that, yeah, that's it. It's really interesting because I know so many people probably in the past like six years, like 35 to 45 who have been trying to get pregnant and it has kind of crushed souls. And like a lot of my friends have been doing IVF and people don't talk about it. And when they do talk about it, like you said, they do have this sense of shame. It's really interesting. There's a book, I loaned it out, but it's called Pram Kicker. And it's a play based on a, uh, there's a playwright in Southend where I'm from, Sadie Hassler. And her and Sarah Mayhew actually got this play together. And I'll, I'll send you a link to it. It's really, awesome. like, it kicks you in the gut, like, when you read it. But it's really, it's got all the, the humor. It's got all the sadness. It, it hits all those notes but yeah no no one talks yeah. about this stuff and everyone just sees like career driven women and then they're just like oh they I don't know there's just all this dribble that goes along right and and yeah. if and if someone's if this is this is the whole um top girls the sisters and top girls oh yeah you know, one is taking care of the other's pretty much abandoned daughter mm -hmm. the one who abandoned her daughter has this high-flying career well, what if you don't have the high flying career? Yeah. You know, and it's, you, you really do start to become invisible. And I mean, I would take 45, I'm almost 51. You know, it's, it's a very uncomfortable place to be when you are living in a world of bake sales, soccer, soccer moms and um, baby showers. Yeah. So yeah, so so that's sort of I think I felt like my story hasn't been told. So I'm telling my story. That's really great. And it's also because it does sound like it is a painful subject. It's really fantastic that you are actually like talking about it from your soul and bearing because it's really it's hard. It's hard writing stuff. And somebody said to me yesterday that it's embarrassing to give your script to your friends especially because they know you. And that resonated so much with me because you get I get so shy and so like defensive so the fact that you're just like 
Well, I've, you know, I've spent my whole 40s crying, running, you know, stumbling around in fields and beaches, like sobbing. Like, I, I think I've moved past that part. Yeah. I think everybody wonders. And there's a section in the film where the lead character is being barraged by all the questions that people always have, but don't ask. Yeah. It's, do you know what? It's really funny because as soon as I got married, people just had the sense of entitlement to ask me when I was having children just outright right. it's outrageous. on both it's sides yeah it's, it's both it's outrageous on both sides so yeah. I mean and and of course there are women in the film who have children and both sides are portrayed I would say with a very realistic brush and there's some pretty unpleasant stuff yeah you know and it's interesting, an actress, I'm having a reading of it next week with some very close actors who I, I know closely, you know, so yeah. I trust them yeah. with the material. And one of them was reading her role and she said, ooh, I think there's this one part that goes a bit far. It's, she's, the mom is so harsh. I said, this stuff, I've literally seen this stuff yeah. in family members. And you know what I mean? It's like, there's nothing that I haven't, I mean, some of it is fantastical because the lead character lives in a fantasy world half the time because what else is she going to do? And that leads to a lot of the comedy, just yeah. like her total, like, what, what is my purpose? And, and so what can you do, but sort of go off into almost a dream, a dream state at times, because there's not a lot to ground you. Yeah. You know? And and I think I think the ultimate it's shame but it's also a sense of deep deep failure. And the fact that I think that the world and our society I I don't know what society isn't skewed this way, but that our society is so skewed in a particular direction that the the gut feeling is I have failed. I have failed despite my best efforts yeah. to, and I, and I'm single essentially. I mean, there is someone in my life, but we're not together. We weren't trying to have a baby together. You know what I mean? Like I was actually never in that position. So, you know, this particular character is about as bereft as, as you can get. Yeah. But I think, you know, I don't want to, I think it's difficult to write the, you know, the very introspective drama about that. I, I will definitely leave that to someone else. But I think I, I hope that through laughter that you can that you can get the audience, you know, on board and then reveal some things that I think we're all aware of and sensing and feeling, but we're not discussing. And that's that deep, deep divide between the haves and the have nots. And that, and in this way, I am a minority, let's say, or in a particular group, right? So mm -hmm. all these groups are having their say at the moment, and I don't, I don't see this group because yeah. so it's so deeply embedded in failure and shame. See, it's so funny. I have two things to say about this. That one, I'm going to swing back to, but mm. when you say you feel, or like your character feels like a failure you feel like a failure all that stuff it's so interesting to me because I look at you and all I see is success 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 and you're one of those people who I'm just like oh Gabby 
she's just amazing she's so successful you know and so when you say stuff like that it really just like it makes me so angry and upset because that's how you've had feelings put onto you Mm -hmm. by society and it's really truly upsetting um Mm -hmm. because you have you're so accomplished in my eyes you're so accomplished and I just think that's so incredible and it just that it really just pisses me off how because you're not the only woman who feels like that right and (sighs) so I think you know because what inspired me to write this I think I didn't there was nothing else I could write right it it just sort of I mean I researched it quote unquote through living experiences and drawing on yes family relationships and things like that but and I outlined it like a mofo, but at the end of the day, it really poured out. Yeah. I mean, it just poured out. So, I mean, it, it I, the outline was like 128 pages and I, of, of scripted pages. I was like, oh my God, that's a miracle. It could have been 800 pages. I had no idea how many pages it would be. So I thought, my God, the fact that I've come in and now it's a, and now it's a, a taught 111 pages. I think that's, I think that's pretty that's great. Pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased with myself. <laughs> oh my gosh it just so going back to something else that came from that because obviously this is such a deep subject so close to your heart has anybody said anything to you be like I think it's too personal for you has anybody said we haven't gotten gotten that far yet okay um the the actress who I'd like to read who's reading the lead um in the reading I would say highly highly accomplished i mean see i look at myself and then i look at her and i'm like oh no she's got the career um but she wanted to read it before accepting you know read to do the reading and and that's totally fair enough and i was a little nervous but thrilled when she said oh it's good i'm here for you whatever you need so that was like the canary in the coal mine. Like if she had said, oh, I think I'm actually busy that morning. <laughs> I, would have, I would have been like, okay, uh, she doesn't want to get involved with this. Um, and, and then I sent the script out to some of the actors, to the actors. And one of them was reading it over the weekend. And I was very encouraged when she just kept texting me. Like yeah. she kept texting me as she was reading it. And she was like, oh, my God, this part. Oh, my God, that. This is hilarious. Oh, my God, this part's a tearjerker. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so I always, when when I have written things um, and have had readings, because I I am an actor and I love and trust actors. I find Mm -hmm. them very intelligent and clever and uh, love feedback, right? Mm -hmm. But I do like an, an anonymous online survey. Okay. And it's a little hard to get everybody to do it. I'm like, just do the goddamn survey, please. Oh, it's blood like, pulling teeth. Trust please me. Please yeah. do the survey. Like, if they were there <laughs> in the theater, I would give them the goddamn clipboard and say, write the, fill this out. But anyway, it's it's so valuable to have that anonymous feedback. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we'll see if anybody says this is too close to you or whatever. But I mean, you know, look, I have not written. It's not autobiographical. I have just drawn on the things that I felt were so ridiculous, but true. Yeah. So outrageous. So cruel. 
so cruel what what gets said to women without children Mm -hmm. almost as if we are this um carte blanche punching bag yeah it's 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 quite shocking and yet hopefully done in such a way that is digestible i i don't think it is not digestible we'll find out yeah um just this is obviously not an anonymous review it's not i not i haven't even read your script but (laughs) i i i think in my opinion I think when you really do write from the heart, that is when the magic happens. And as as painful as it can be, to sure. me, I'm just like, that's where it is. So. You know, I sat there with my index cards and I was like, okay, Tina Fey had 52 or 54 index cards for, for Mean Girls. And that's the perfect number, right? And then you <laughs> like section it out. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I did as much of that as I could. And then the muse took over and it's... You know, the shape is the shape. And again, a reading will tell me a lot. I've, yeah. I've been in theater and drama structure my whole life and I'll know and feedback will also con- confirm if, you know, I think it looks enough like what we've seen before that again, it's digestible, yeah. but then it's gonna have its own shape. Promising Woman had a very interesting shape and it, and it bended genres, bent genres. Um, in a way that you go, oh, okay, I thought I knew what this was, but now that's going in this direction. And I oh, think, that was, yes. you yeah, know what I, I mean? Know, I, I think that's yeah. very interesting um, that audiences are so sophisticated now that they're on to you if, yeah. if it's so formulaic. Even if that is at some way, in some way, very satisfying, I don't think I could adhere to that to that degree I think at that point then you've kind of silenced the muse a bit yeah no so 100% yeah okay well I'm very excited about this because I, I remember you talking about it months and months ago and so I'm just like yeah that's gonna be really exciting and obviously you've had so many years experience just like you were saying you're very accomplished in like acting and performing so I just want to backtrack. So you've just mm. got a short film that's in the film festivals right now. Yes. Dog Lover. Dog Lover. Saw the trailer. Looks amazing. That was um, actually the original version and then we reshot it. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a fun fact. We got to do it twice. Oh, that's really fun. And then you got to work with Paul Hungerford. Is it Hungerford? Yeah, yeah, yeah the his, whole time. Yeah. yeah. He used to teach. You know, Paul. Paul. Yeah. At the... Um, the improv which is where I used to go ah yeah he's quite brilliant uh, we both are professors at USC so I actually know him from there but then when uh we we both showed up on our chemistry zoom read during COVID for the callback of this AFI <laughs> cycle film dog lover I was like oh my god it's Paul <laughs> you I, like, can totally, <laughs> I can totally do this wacko wacko script with Paul it, it was the casting director was quite pleased with herself um she I think she thought you know I've, I've done the, I've sorted this one out yeah it was it was, it was great That's yeah so you said it's an AFI film. AFI, yeah. Well, they shot it as an AFI cycle film, so that's in their first year as fellows at, at American Film Institute. And they're amazing, and P.S. Like they're AFI, wonderful. Yeah, I love stuff. working with young filmmakers there. It, it just feels, I mean, they, they work under SAG regulations. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't think I could do a student film that wasn't AFI. Because it just, I, yeah. 
yeah. AFI is the only way. It's the pinnacle. They're, they're, yeah. they're the best film school in the world, um, yeah. like listed. So, but they are not allowed in that first year to submit those films to festivals. Yeah, they want them to be able to really just experiment and not think about the end result. Gotcha. And that makes sense. Yeah. It's quite good. And then their their, their thesis films the next year, they have proper budgets and proper, you know, they can go further afield with casting and everything. Um, The films are longer, usually, but those Mm -hmm. cycle films, I think, are just great starter films. And anyway, they they just they wanted to shoot this again not under the AFI umbrella Mm -hmm. so that they could enter it in festivals. And at that point we got to, you know, we got a new dog, (laughs) new dog upgrade. And we, um, you know, different, instead of working on a soundstage at AFI with like a fake house that they had built, um, we worked on location and stuff and it was great. They updated the script and and it was wonderful because that's such a rare opportunity mm-hmm. in theater you get to do different incarnations of a show or you have a break and then you come back to it but n- rarely if ever in film do you get to do that so that was a wonderful opportunity to get to revisit our roles however many months later and do it again that's great yeah i'm really excited i feel like that's gonna be a really fun film at the festival i feel like it's just gonna go far I it's just from so. what i saw from the trailer i was just like this is really cool it's it's effed up suburbia, which is yeah. probably you know my niche, like the dark underbelly of suburbia. I think that's that's probably my my essence. I, I don't, I'm not from suburbia. I'm no town and country, like either big city or in the middle of nowhere. But but yeah, suburbia actually terrifies me. So I, I guess that's why I guess that's why I have to dwell there as an artist. <laughs> So funny. Oh my gosh. Um, so not are you an accomplished performer, writer, you are also a fabulous singer. Oh yeah. And There's you that. have won an Olivier Award. Yeah. Jerry Springer the Opera uh was it was an odd piece because it was an opera in a theater. And Phantom of the Opera is a sort of musical opera in a theater. But then there are sometimes musicals in opera houses, you know, and it really, yeah. it, it, I know that sounds kind of like a sort of persnickety pedantic distinction to make, but doing an opera is, it requires a different muscle. I don't know why, but it was, I mean, Jerry Springer, the opera was an opera yeah. and doing that eight times a week is not advised, you know? So when you're doing that under those conditions, yeah, it's it kind of it consumes you yeah that sure. was in london right it was yeah the national Just... theater premiered it and then we transferred to the cambridge theater in the west end gotcha because you lived in london i want to say for 15 years but i feel like i just yes oh, okay 15 bloody years and you know my old burgundy uk passport now i have to get the new oh me too yeah that's very sad to me mm-hmm. but anyway we it's won't get sad. political yeah but yeah, I have my British citizenship and um, and 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 my Olivier Award. So I I walked out with with the Olivier Award and a passport in my hand. <laughs> and I moved back to I was very very proud of myself. It's really funny because I remember one of the first times I went to your um, place for coaching, and I saw that award, and I literally almost had a fucking meltdown because I was just like, oh my gosh, she has no idea how 
probably crazily cool that is. I mean, you probably do know how cool that is, but to me, I'm just like, oh my God, like I, I nerded out. It's just, you know, it's one of those fun things to have. Um, it's, it's one of those, it's like the stamps of approval that you yeah. have, you know, like you go to a certain university or you, yeah. you know, the Phantom of the Opera, maybe not necessarily. I mean, I learned so much doing that show. It was a real trial by fire and bless the production staff for walking me through my growing pains doing eight shows a week in a role that was just so exhausting. And I was 29 and it was my first time doing that. And, um, you know, I learned so much. Everybody's heard of Phantom of the Opera. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's nice having some of those things that just say, yeah, I'm legit. I've done these things. Yeah. Useful. And then, of course, you recently became what was it in 2018 19 that you became an oscar winning and dialect coach i know where's my oscar for (laughs) speak american yeah um and i watched that short film and it literally like i feel like i was texting you when i was watching it and i was just like just being gut punched and i was just like it's so good and they're making that into a feature aren't they they did make it into a feature. So Guy Nativ is an Israeli filmmaker who has kind of specialized, as I understand it, in making shorts that then he turns into features. He's done that on several occasions. And so his wife, Jamie Ray Newman, who is a highly accomplished actress, she uh, comes to me for her accent work, even though she's American, whenever she needs accents, we run through it which is great. Anyway, she asked me, because she was producing the film Skin. I don't know if I mentioned the name. Oh, I didn't even mention it either. Skin, yeah. She said, listen, we're, we're, we're making this little short. We have no money. You know, will you, will you coach a few of our non-American actors to do American Mm -hmm. accents? I was, and she's like, you know, I said, can you give me a credit on it? She's like, yeah, of course, we'll give you a credit. Oh, it wins the Oscar for best live action short. So I can never say no to anything, Lindsay. You yeah. know, that, that little short may turn into your uh, your Oscar ticket. Yeah, there you go. It's, yeah. You never know. And I, I do love, I mean, when I was living in England and, and sometimes hearing some pretty creative American accents, I have to give them a lot of credit for what they thought American accents <laughs> were. You know, I got a bee in my bonnet. And when I, and when somebody, <laughs> when somebody, said oh can somebody help me with an american accent i was like yes yes i can i want to i must i must (laughs) help you all to say erotic r it's it's my it's my mission in life so yeah that just i kind of i think being an opera singer knowing how to perform in languages obviously i did a lot of accents when i lived over there as well and and it's just always been in my toolkit that um I sort of created my own wacko system of, of coaching accents. And I have to say, I've never advertised and the people just keep finding me. That's like, so funny. I'll help you. Please let me help you. I feel Please like you coach everybody I know. So the fact that you don't advertise is hysterical. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, that's what so great. where you just go, all right, say yes to the opportunities that are coming towards you, you know? Yeah. That's really fun. 
Oh dear. Gabby, is there anything else you wish to talk about? Because I feel like we've covered Gosh. quite a lot in such a short amount of time, actually. Um, it's a short amount of time. I hope that, are you hearing all the helicopters here in Studio City today? It's I am. Noisy. It's very noisy. I'm sorry about <laughs> that. I should have brought my, my good microphone. I didn't think about that. Oh, no, you're um, fine. This was very last minute. Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I appreciate you having me on and, and you know, if anybody knows Amy Poehler and wants to get my script to her, I'd love for her to star, direct, and produce the feature. <laughs> the only that's, thing, that's really what I want. So the Christmas. only thing I would say about that is I uh, listened to her biography recently, and she said that she was she fell asleep on a train once. Oh, I know this. Guy, yeah, yeah, these lawyers. Someone, yeah, put yeah. a script on her lap, and she was like, "Never do that." So I'm sure they do that. And she goes, I guess I'm not very nice after all. <laughs> so I know I have to go through the proper channel. You have to go but through Amy, the proper way. Listening. I, I need you to play me. Just, just trust, just read the first 20 pages. I'm begging. I'm begging on my knees. I feel like it's a pretty achievable. I know so many yeah. people who know her. I, I say, I want Amy Puller, my script. People are like, oh, I, I feel like it can happen. And this is Hollywood. Like, I feel like it's such a small pool. I know people who've directed her in films. I, I mean, it's 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 a tiny pool. So, yeah, I have some some nice folks, um, some producers um, coming to the reading next week. And one of them worked in um, works in variety, comedy variety at the very highest level as a producer. Um, and she's someone I know from college. So I'm really uh, she's wildly excited to hear it. She's very encouraging. So nice to have positive <laughs> vibes. And um, yeah, so we'll see. I think, you know, I can't think of anyone else to play this part. That's my problem. That's my biggest problem. I'm trying, but I can't. So it really just, it has to be. You know what? If you, if you have I Amy Poehler on your brain and you've kind of basically written it with her in mind, I feel like you can have her. I feel I'm like, just, I, I feel like I, it's possible. Amy, I, I want you. I need, I have to have you. Yeah. That's I'm sending out so many good vibes. Thank you. <laughs> it definitely, uh, it'd be wonderful. I'm, my birthday's in January, so it'd be my birthday present and my Christmas present. Oh, I'm there we go. very happy for them to be combined on this okay. one. <laughs> okay. Well, you need to use all the connections you have. because. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I'm just going to see what, what the tea leaves say <laughs> way to go but Lindsay, i'm this is just an, such an unexpected delight i was going to clean out my junk drawer today but this was far more it's a great way to not do that <laughs> <laughs> how not to clean out your junk drawer oh do a podcast there you go well thanks for coming on gabby yes awesome. darling